the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. The main reading for today's study on Moved with Compassion is taken from Exodus chapter 33 verse 12 to chapter 34 verse 18. We looked at uh, Jeremiah the last few weeks and his heart and the, and the, the difference between Jeremiah's heart and obviously the heart of Israel and uh, really Jeremiah was representing what they should have been, representing what, what God was and God is and um, we just mentioned that particular phrase that we find in the New Testament which we we'll dwell on tonight is moved with compassion, moved with compassion and uh, we, we noticed Jeremiah's heart was broken before the Lord <coughs> because, of the, because of the nation, because of their idolatry, their sinfulness, that they wouldn't listen, they didn't turn from God and it many times said, my heart is broken for them. My heart is broken for them. You see, and that is the, the, the essence of, of who the Lord is. When he, he walked the earth, the Bible said, he prayed with loud cries and tears. His heart was broken. He looked over Jerusalem, and what did he do? He wept, because he could see their stubbornness and their rebellion, and they would not receive him, they said. They would not accept him. And, uh, you know, we, we had to, to, to see the same, to, to uh, understand and feel the same. And, and we're just going to look at that tonight and really get the heart. And when we see uh, Moses was one, just the chapter before, we can see why the Lord said, I'm pleased with you, Moses. Why? Because he said, Lord, do not uh, have, have mercy on this people. He said, he said, if you blot them out, blot me out. See, that's, that's, called, that's called intercession, where you identify and you actually put yourself in the gap. Paul the same. What did Paul say? I wish I was accursed and my fellow brothers saved Israel. And, and you know, that's the place where, where God longs for us to be. And, uh, you know, that's a place of, of great uh, burden, but great authority. Because, you know, we can touch God's heart. You know, God's heart is always touched by his children. But, you know, when we're at that place, we, we can see clearly, we can see differently. We can see, as we said on Sunday, see people differently. So often, you know, we can see through our own eyes and some people we get on with and some people think, oh, they're hard work, aren't they, some people? Only because we don't get on with them. That's, we probably hard work for them. But, you know, when we see with the Lord's eyes, we see different. And uh, especially when we think of our youngsters and, and yeah, we see our young, we can see past can't we? Uh, those little kids running around on a Friday, we, you know, you think, oh, wait, but we can see past and we can see what the Lord wants to do in them. So move with compassion. Well, as my, uh, one of my uh, daily readings, no, I'm joking, is psychology today. No, <laughs> but this, this, this is pity. Okay. Pity is I acknowledge your suffering. Sympathy. I care about your suffering. Empathy. I feel your suffering. But compassion is I want to do something to relieve your, your, your suffering. And you see, that's, that's the, the, the issue where we're talking about. When the Bible is called, we move with compassion. Jesus was always, we said it on Sunday, brought revelation and impartation. See, um, and, and compassion, remember, compassion is never compromise. You see, we, worldly compassion is, oh, oh, I'm sorry for that. Uh, let's change the rules so you can fit in. Godly compassion is, I'm really sorry, but you know what? God can actually change you to become like what he wants you to be. Yeah? Uh, so there's, there's the difference. But let's, let's go right to the heart of it. This is what Jesus said, um, Matthew 9, 36, 38. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. 
Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. There's our verses that we will come back to at the end and just hold on to. He went about healing, <clears throat> preaching, ministering, and he was moved with compassion when he actually saw the crowd. You see, the crowd means those outside. Th those, we're a crowd. And you see, outside of the Lord, we are, what do you say, broken, distressed, lost, just no purpose, no, no shepherd to guide them. And he said, as we said, pray the Lord of the harvest, send laborers in. The harvest is there. You don't say it. it never says there, particularly pray for the harvest. He says pray for laborers to go in. Because, you know, if, if we actually see them like Jesus sees them, he sees their brokenness, their emptiness, their lostness. And uh, we, we can see that too. Well, first we see the Father heart of God. We see who God is. We just read it. Uh, the glory, he said, Moses said, no, let me see your glory. He said, Moses, you don't know what you're asking. He said, let me tell you, you can, I'll, I'll, I'll come by you, I'll put you in a cleft of rock, because if you actually see my glory face to face, you will be consumed. Yeah? Oh, don't want people to say, oh, if I see God, I'll be, you know, no, whoa, 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 whoa. See what God has done. If God actually, <laughs> he'll be in real trouble. Um, and he, he's coming by, and this is what he said, the Lord, the Lord, the gracious and compassionate one. Slow to anger and abounding in love. See, that is the heart of God. And that's good news, isn't it? Because he sees our need. He sees our suffering. And he doesn't say, well, I really have empathy for you. I have sympathy for you. I have pity for you. No, I have compassion. I'm going to come and do something about that. Um, let's read God's word. Uh, Deuteronomy 30, 1 to 3. When all these blessings and curses I have described happen to you, and the Lord your God has sent you away to another nation. Think about these things. Then you and your children will return to the Lord your God, and you will obey him with your whole being in everything I am commanding you today. Then the Lord your God will give you back your freedom. He will feel sorry for you, and he will bring you back again from the nations where he scattered you. He will have compassion for you. Again, uh, Moses, last will and testament, his last words to Israel, the second generation, he reminds them of the Lord, he reminds them of, you know, you follow the Lord, the blessing of God will be upon you, you, you turn away from him, you do your own thing, and you will reap the consequences. And isn't it amazing, they knew that, they'd seen God's word, they'd seen his works, yet time and time and time, every generation, it, you think, how dull can we be? Yet, Let's be honest, look in the mirror. How often have we known God's word, known God's ways, and still gone our own way? <laughs> uh, because the human heart is exactly the same, whatever, isn't it? Uh, that's God's heart. God's heart. Well, 2, Corinthians, 2 Chronicles 36. The Lord, the God of their fathers, sent news to them through his messengers again and again, because he had pity on his people and on his dwelling place. They mocked God's messengers, despised his words, and scoffed at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord was aroused against his people and there was no remedy. You see, there is the beginning of the Jew well, the beginning of the Jewish nation in Israel. <laughs> And there is at the end, two chronicles. That's right just before they were taken to Babylon. And he was saying the same thing. I sent messengers, I sent prophets. I wanted to have compassion on you. My heart is compassion for you. Yet you would not listen. You would not listen. So he said, right, let's have the land. They need 70 years of rest. Get into, get into Babylon. 
Get into Babylon. Um, because so often we, we again mix up compassion with our compassion and that can become a little bit soppy. Remember, God is compassionate, but he has to be just. You see, because I think, as Mike said the other day, he said, good job, he is true to his word. And if he didn't send them out, then he wouldn't be true to his word, would he? Then, then we, if we can't trust God on those promises, we can't trust on God on the, those promises we like, didn't it? The promises that promise us blessing. Well, the same God promised, you know, the consequence of sin. And if he doesn't fulfill that, then he's not true to his word. But he is true to his word. But his heart, as we know, is compassion. And then Psalm 78 well, we can read that. Psalm 78, 35, 38. And they remembered that God was their rock and that the high God their redeemer. Nevertheless, nevertheless they did flatter him with their mouth and they lied unto him with their tongues. For their heart was not right with him, neither were they steadfast in his covenant. But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time turned he his anger away and did not stir it up in his wrath. The psalmist is going through the history there, isn't he? The history of Israel. And he said, oh dear, yes, they owe they, the words. And you know, we want to be careful because we are good with words, aren't we? Lord, I love you. Lord, you can have my life. Okay, Dave, that money in the bank. Not money in the bank, but if I did have money in the bank, I'll make a couple of bob, give it away. Oh Lord, wait a minute now. I said you can have my praise. You can't have my money. You know, so see, we are very quick with our lips, but the Bible says they honoured me with their lips, but their hearts. See, and the great thing about God, he will test our, our, our words. He will test them because he'll say, right, come on then. And uh, what that does then, it shows us that, oh Lord, there's a bit more work to be done. <laughs> uh, but his heart, and he said, look, time and time, he says it, didn't he? How many times, the next verse, I think 29, how many times? Did he, he, he relent? How many times did he have compassion? Um, and let's be honest, we would not have had that much compassion. You know, We talk about our compassion, but it's nothing compared to the Lord's, is it? Because sometimes we think, oh, Lord, you know, give him a clip, isn't it? Just, just give him one of those. But the Lord is, knows what he's doing, when he's doing it. So that's the heart of God. The Lord, when he showed, God, and he showed Moses the glory of God, the Lord, the Lord, the gracious and compassionate God, God not just as pity as mercy but actually does something about it that's why he went to the cross of course he didn't just see our plight didn't see our suffering he said look here's the antidote here's the solution well of course in Jesus' teachings in his parables he used this particular phrase move with compassion and as we said on Sunday what it means, um, of course in, in those days the Greeks regarded the, the inner innards, the bowels or the splanka, they call it. It's a nice word, splanka, as the place where the strong and powerful emotions originated. The Hebrews regarded those where the tender mercies and the feelings of affection, compassion, sympathy originated. Um, in, in, in there, because you know, obviously you feel your stomach butterflies and all that, but of course we understand now that's not where they are. It does affect us, of course. Um, but that's where it, it, it means actually to move. It's not an emotion per se, because I can watch something on TV, can I, and think, oh, that's really sad. You know, I can see famine and, and, and be really, I'm really upset. But whether I moved with compassion actually to get up and do something about it, it's a different thing, isn't it? And that's exactly where those lost. I can be moved sometimes, but what am I actually doing about it? And, and that's where we come with move with compassion. Let's read some, uh, when Jesus taught the parables, where we use this so we can get again a greater understanding of what he means. Luke 10. 
In reply, Jesus said, <clears throat> a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of the robber? Of course, we, we have that wrong translation here, I suppose, because it says, had pity on him. It word means moved with, with compassion, because, you know what, the Levite had pity on him, didn't he? Believe I had pity on him because he went and had a little look. But he thought, oh, I gotta I gotta got press in arrange him, I gotta press or, or some I gotta be in Jerusalem, I gotta do this and that, and uh, go, once I touch him I'm gonna be unclean and, and all the excuses might have gone through his head and he's oh he's gonna delay me and it's gonna cost me. He said but the, the Samaritan who should not have had compassion uh, didn't didn't have any uh, we know Samaritans and Jews hated each other. Uh, but went out of his way. That's moving compassion. Seeing, and actually, it's going to cost you, isn't it? Compassion costs. Compassion costs. And as we said on Sunday about Jeremiah, how we view and receive the word is how we receive and see the world. How we see the word, how we receive and let the word affect us, will show how and will come out and how we see the world around us. Uh, the need, the need of the world. How about this one? Uh, Luke 15, we know this lovely story. Luke 15. But when they came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have had bread enough and to spare, and I will perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and he will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. There we are. A long way off, the old man saw and was moved with compassion and he ran. Now we read that, don't we? I remember, I remember um, it was a bonk, he said. Wait a minute, now he's an old man. When was the last time? I, I, I don't do a lot of running, I only jog in. Uh, but he ran because he was moved with compassion. And we see that the, the heart, not emotion, but a move to do something, to reveal, to impart. Um, we, we see that parable. We see the parable when Peter said, Lord, how many times have I got to forgive? You know, once, twice. In fact, Peter was trying to be boastful. He said, about seven times, Lord. That's pretty good, isn't it? Seven times, and the Lord just says, no, 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 Peter, over 70 times seven. You know? well, I don't know whether he was good at maths, but he, he knew, thinking, hey, I'm in trouble here. And then he talk, tells him about that, that lovely story about that man who owed so much to his master, he had no chance of paying it back. And he, he threw himself on the mercy of his master, and the Bible says the master was moved with compassion to say, 
your debt is clear. See, that's, 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 that's being moved with compassion. Now, let's look at Jesus. Let's look at him uh, because he's our example. We've looked at the Father. Let's look at the Son. And uh, Matthew 14. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowd away so they can go to the village and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Same, same uh, feeding the 5,000. You find that in every gospel. But let's read Mark, Mark 6.34. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. So we see, again, we, we think of the feeding of the 5,000 as just Jesus feeding. But we forget, there's, uh, Mark says, he saw them and he be taught them. Matthew says, he saw them, moved with compassion, and he healed. See, there's not just revelation, there's impartation. Jesus wanted to direct them, but he wanted to give and put into their life. And of course, he wanted to feed them as well. He said, well, you know, they've got a long way to go. Let's feed them. Let's feed them. Um, same principle, feeding the 4,000. I don't know why they hadn't listened or learned, but the same pr principle turned up. Uh, Mark 8. In, the, in those days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. And if I sent them away hungry to their own houses, they will faint on the way, for some of them have come from afar. See, Jesus is inter interested in every part of us, isn't he? Body, soul, spirit. Of course, he's, in, he's interested in saving us. He's got to save us. That's the most important. But he's interested in our bodies, isn't he? As well, as we said when we talked about self-control not too long ago, he's interested. He wanted to feed them, look after them. Why? Because he was moved with compassion. He, he just loved people so much he wanted to meet their needs, wherever their needs were. Healing, teaching. They were like sheep without shepherd, which means they, they had no purpose. They were lost. They were, they were just wandering around. You know what sheep are like? Uh, you know, we, we, yeah, we call them dull, but I've seen them get over a cattle grid sometimes. But, uh, but wandering, sheep without a shepherd. Jesus imparted and revealed. Um, Matthew 20. And behold, two blind men sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. And the multitude warned them that they should, should be quiet. And they cried out all the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. So Jesus stood still and called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? <laughs> they said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. Move with compassion, he touched them. He touched them. And you know what? Um, it's a lovely picture of us moving with compassion and uh, touching lives. Touching, even sometimes physically touching some people, isn't it? You know, and that's, that's the power of, of a touch, especially uh, the anointed touch of God. And I love when it, it just, just read that, that he stopped. And... Uh, 
that's the problem with a lot of us. We not stop, do we? We can be very busy, rushing you, and then where we are. And you know what? Sometimes we can miss opportunities, miss opportunities because we're bustling you and there. And you know, I think it was someone said, um, busyness is not of the devil. It sometimes is the devil, busyness, because we are bustling, bustling. Isn't it amazing? There's no quiet anywhere. If you go into every shop, music is on, and there's no quiet, there's no stillness where people can actually stop a minute and actually contemplate, <coughs> think of, of, of purpose and meaning and all those kind of things. So the devil loves that. Phil, you go into every household and you'll find, even when people are not watching that box in the corner, it's on, isn't it? Because noise, noise, and, and, and it's amazing. Uh, <coughs> just stop, stop. Um, heart of God, heart of God. Um, Mark 1. More with compassion. I am willing. He said, I'm willing. Sometimes I wonder, we, we want signs and wonders and miracles. And I wonder what I, when our motivation is. And, um, you know, if, if it's the heart of God, I think signs and wonders can flow automatically. And, and it says, in one sense, naturally. And I wonder, Lord, sometimes I wondered you withhold. And, and, and I said, Lord, in one sense, do, don't let us get the glory. Because there's nothing worse that we, we can get puffed up so easily, can't we? See me. It doesn't take a little bit for us to puff. So I said, Lord, it, it, and it is no coincidence we look, when we looked at the gifts of the Spirit that uh, chapter 13 is in the middle of the gifts of the Spirit and the, the use of the gifts, love. Isn't it? The, 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 the actually motivation. Jesus, he was not motivated for him in one sense to elevate. He just motivated to minister to those and to minister life and healing and health. Um, Luke 7. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the bier. They were carrying him on. And the bearer stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. What translation is that? His heart went out. He's a buyer there. That's interesting. Yeah, the old, old, old word for that. Old word for the coffin. Um, but move with compassion. His heart went out. That's, an, that's a quite interesting translation. His heart went out to minister, to actually bring life where there's death. And you know what? That's the heart of the Lord, to bring life where there's death. Oh, Lord, how many people do we have around us dead in sin? Lord God, Give us that compassion to bring the words of life, to bring the touch of life and the touch of God into the situation. Oh, that's, that's where Jesus was. That's where Jesus wants us to be. He looked over the crowd and he, he saw they fainted. They were weary. They were destitute. They were loose. They were distressed. They were harassed. You know what? Jesus sees past the facade of the 
of the uh, BMW outside. He sees past the facade of the five-bedroomed house. He sees past the facade of that great career. He sees past the facade of, of all the things, all the trinkets. He sees past all that, doesn't he? He sees people harassed and helpless, scattered abroad, thrown aside, helpless and downcast. He sees right into the heart and he says they are sheep without shepherd. When you've got a sheep without shepherd, what are they? They're helpless, hopeless, aimless. They're going to starve. They're going to be uh, lost. What does the shepherd do? We know it. We've said it so many times. He leads, protects, retrieves, knows, sacrifices for. Psalm 23, beautiful psalm. This, this verse, I love, I love. Um, Isaiah 40, 10 to 11, I think I've got it now. But verse 11 is a beautiful verse. Behold, the Lord God will come with strong hand, and his arms shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm, and carry them in his bosom, and shall gently lead those that are with young. Who have measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, and meted out heaven with the span, and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in scales, and the hills in a balance. We see again the character of the Lord coming through. We see his awesomeness, his omnipotence. Who can measure this? Who can weigh? Yet he said, I'm like a shepherd who carries his sheep in his bosom. We see that beautiful picture of the awesomeness of God. Behold, the Lord comes with a mighty hand. Yet he picks up the shepherd, sheep, and the shepherd. Sometimes we're trying to be the shepherd. And he carries us, carries us. Um, that's a beautiful picture. And that's why we need him. Of course, what is he? Good shepherd, great shepherd, chief shepherd. We've done that before. Oh, but you know what? He is the one. But you know what? We are his hands and his feet. We are his hands and his feet. And that's why when we come to him, he changes, gives us a new heart, gives us a new nature. He, he puts his Holy Spirit in us. We need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. We need to be filled every day afresh. So we think and see uh, and like him. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 16. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been able to teach him? But we have the mind of Christ. See, he said, well, who's, who's known? Who not? But he said, but we have the mind of Christ. Well, that's a great problem. That's the word of the Lord. He said, I've given you everything you need for life and godliness. In fact, he's given us that. Now, we've not, we need to let that have his way, don't we? Because what did he say in Philippians 2? Let this mind be in you. Let there's the, there's the operative word. As we said so many times, let, allow. Uh, when we talked about being uh, self-control and meekness, he said, put it on. Put it on like a cloak. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Our mind is still warped and, and selfish and soiled. That's why we need the mind of Christ. Continually transforming, changing our thinking. We see like him. We hear like him. We feel his heart for those around us. And when we do, I tell you what, there's revelation and there's impartation. There's revelation for the people we work with where we can drop a word of the Lord into the situation. Brilliant. Or even, as we said so many times, just to say to someone, look, I'm praying for you. You know what? That's just, you know, that, you know what? That'll just change their thinking. That, you know, that bringing... Actually bringing the supernatural dimension into a natural problem and difficulty. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we say, well, I tell you what, the Lord can work on that particular, just that little small thing we, we do. And he can weigh it on their hearts. 
thinking, that our thinking change. Let the word of Christ. Well, 1 Peter 4, our last verse. 1 Peter 4, 1. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body has finished with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. Well, that's a great challenge to us tonight, isn't it? We are living for the will of God, the purposes of God. And uh, just the last couple of days, as I'm just saying about people passing into eternity. You know, we are here for just a short season. And I said, Lord, come on. Let's, let's really live for him and really make an impact for him. Really, you know, say, Lord, this is my life. This is not a dress rehearsal. And I'm living, not living now, as, as Peter said, no longer living for what I thought was right, but living for the will and the purposes of God. And uh, that is going to cost. But as C.D. Sun said, what did he say? If Jesus is God and he went to the cross for me, there's no great sacrifice that I can make for him. Nothing is too great to make a sacrifice. And uh, when he said about, when we talked about pray the Lord of the harvest, send laborers, he was looking. See, there, there's, there's, there's the crowd there's the praying for, and there's the people who want to serve him and live for him. And, and uh, Lord, raise, up, raise us all to be servers and laborers. C.D. Studd again, great, <laughs> wealthy cricketer, England captain, I think it was, C.D. Studd, wouldn't he? Give it all up to go and serve the Lord. And uh, he was a bit of a character with the sound of it, because when people would say, uh, can we come, he said, he put a big sign up. What did he say? Um, uh, no, only gamblers wanted here. Grumblers go home. <laughs> uh, of course, gambling, he meant giving it all to the Lord, throwing our lives onto him. He said, if you want to grumble, get on home, he said. Um, but a great servant of God. Why? Because he said, Lord, here I am. Here I am. God can do amazing things. One person, um, one, one man or one woman that would give their lives absolutely to him. Uh, help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. We move with compassion. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. To find out more about our church, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.